Welcome back to The Things That Drive Us. My name's William McKenzie. It's been quite a long hiatus since the last podcast I recorded. I've been going through something of a life transition, which I might tell you all about in tedious detail at some point in the future. But I'm back now with what I hope will be a very, well, what I know to be a very interesting series of guests. One of the things I've been doing as part of um, this new segment in particularly my art career is attending the Newland School of Art and particularly their studio practice course. Um, and it's a very good course. If you're a developing artist, I highly recommend you look at the Newland School of Art. But anyway, one of the benefits of this course is meeting a group of really quite extraordinary and talented people um, who I've been tapping up to be on this podcast. Um, and the first one I managed to persuade was the excellent Ellie Verecchia. Now, Ellie used to be a fashion designer and has now moved on to fine art. She produces these wonderful seascapes. And as you'll discover as I talk to Ellie, one of the morals of her story is you might as well give it a shot because you never know what benefits can come from putting yourself out there. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of me chatting to Ellie Varecchia. So good morning, everyone. Um, today we're with Ellie Varecchia, who is um, an artist based in Devon, but also has an exciting practice based out of Truro. And Ellie and I, we met, didn't we, at the Newland School of Art? We did, yes. Where we're both currently doing the studio practice course this year and next year. And yeah. um, yes, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I'm loving it. How about you? No, it's great. It's a very, very interesting course. And I can feel that my the way I approach everything is just changing. I'm spending much more time thinking and planning things than actually painting, the, which I used to just sort of wang straight in. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I I found it sort of initially has just made me stop. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> the whole point of this course is to help me develop and move on. But in fact, I think it's just, as you say, it's making me think. And that's sometimes stopping and thinking, I think, is you know, the most important thing to do. And I feel now I'm making some real progress. In fact, just before I came on this call, I just suddenly had a brainwave. And I was like, right, I've got, I've got a great idea. So yeah, I've got a really good, um, I've got some ideas now I want to kind of carry forward. Yeah, so, yeah, it's loving it. It's been brilliant to meet so many lovely new people and to sort of build this, a little bit of a community around what I'm trying to do, which can get, quite kind of lonesome I don't know if you feel that um I do. I do it's the main I think drawback about art and being an artist is it's quite a solitary activity because mm. you're I think yeah it depends what kind of art you're into and if you're connected to a group or yeah. a center or um a kind of uh, I know that some of the people on our course are part of a kind of collective of, and they're working working out of a, a workspace where lots of other designers and workers are, are working together yeah. Um, my background is I used to work in fashion and mm. I am product design. And so I was working with a team in an yeah. office kind of environment. I mean, it wasn't your classic office. We had an amazing, first of all, I worked out of a castle, uh, <laughs> this fashion company. My, my boss used to buy um, buildings that needed renovating and we kind of worked in them as he was renovating. So it was like a live, a living project. Oh, wow. So where was the castle? Um, it's just outside Bar. Yeah. Um, it was originally a family stately home. Then it became a school. So when we bought it or he bought it, 
the the building was completely ruined because it had been used as a boarding school so there's graffiti everywhere and they'd kind of covered up all the original features even things like windows where they'd obviously had bunk beds running up the they covered them all up so it was a it was a really amazing process of unpicking this building mm. and it had grounds uh with a a lake so we used to go out and at lunchtime sit in the rose garden go down to the lake you know it's just like idyllic place yeah. to work quite unusual as a design studio um but but I am I have been used to working in a team environment so it's mm-hmm. been quite different working alone yeah. and one of the things that I'm really sort of trying to do is to put this build a community around what I'm doing because I think otherwise it can feel quite detached from you know the rest of the world and I don't I don't want to be on my own every day so it's quite you know it's this I left my employed position last year in June and this year has been about kind of building around my work a way of bringing in income or several ways of bringing in income from it and also sort of trying to piece together uh people that can support what I'm doing and question what I'm doing and also just to have some banter because you need that in your day don't you you do you do you need someone (laughs) to bounce the ideas off and someone who I mean um particularly other artists are very useful to bounce ideas off because partners and things they often um it can be very complimentary but also um you, you sometimes explain your bad ideas and I don't know if you get the sort of strange stare back from you what you're talking about <laughs> yeah well I mean sometimes I th- I'm really lucky I've got a very supportive husband who uh, mm. is helps me a lot with what I want to do and has helped me move this transition from being a, a working you know employed person into working um self-employed and he's yeah. been self-employed for years so he knows what that is has be- what that transition looks like um and luckily we share also um a love of the kind of places that I I work in and mm. my work is about um so we are we've got quite a lot to talk about there that he, he kind of understands where I'm coming from I guess it depends on the kind of art you're you're making and if you're sort of yeah. delving into kind of quite deep dark places sometimes you don't really want to talk to your nearest and dearest about that you know it might be easier actually to discuss that with people that are not connected to your to your family but but luckily my my work is built around you know my joy of being in places and that that's quite easy to to share yeah mm. so your I mean the work stuff I've seen of your work is it's often coastlines and seascapes and similar. yeah so yeah I mean you live in do you live in Devon now is that right I live yeah. In South Devon, yeah I was living near Bath working mm. in fashion and then um, after COVID, as many people did, I made decided to make quite a big change. We'd already we bought a house in Devon um, and we were kind of using it at weekends with a view to possibly in the future moving down here. Um, it wasn't a second home, strictly. It was our first home because we were living in a gardener's cottage arrangement. Right. There. My husband runs a gardening company and um, we're looking after a house there. So we bought our home our our only owned home was down here we were sort of commuting down for weekends and enjoying Mm. it as a family and then when covid happened we found ourselves very much landlocked um in wiltshire 
I'm really missing the connection to the water. And it just seemed a really good opportunity when work started to shift into a more hybrid model, working yeah. from home. Even after the pandemic, you know, I was still working from home. I suddenly thought, why am I commuting down there for weekends when what I could be doing is commuting back for work? Mm. And just sort of flipped it around in my mind. And then I, so I made that move. We moved our family down, moved our children's schools. And yeah. it was quite a tough time in reflection to move because obviously socially there was still really not much mixing going on. Even at school, we were encouraged not to hang around at the school gate and things like that. So it took, it's actually taken quite a while to integrate and be able to find new friends and, and a kind of social scene. Um, yeah. But that's now happened pretty well certainly the kids are very good at, you know children are brilliant aren't they yeah, yeah, yeah. a very and, good social uh, glue children yeah they're brilliant um and, they, and they've been actually I admire how they've done that and I kind of look up to them for that really and trying to learn from how they've been doing it um but it's been a brilliant change of life for us because it's the life here is very different so as you were saying my work is concerned with the sea and um and I really wanted to I, I sort of fell by accident into painting seascapes because I I because when I go when I used to go on holiday for example by the sea and we used to come here to South Devon but also Cornwall and the Isles of Scilly where I do a lot of work now mm. um I just felt super creative like suddenly you know creativity on speed you know just like right I want to make things. I want to, I want to find things. So I spend my holidays. I never just sit down, <laughs> read a book. I'm always like wandering the beaches, looking for stuff, yeah. finding little things like find, I'm really inspired by things that I find along the shoreline, uh, driftwood or sea glass or bits of rope or, mm. you know, um, things that kind of almost a lot of them are kind of clues to people and their yeah. connection to the coast um and so I found myself wanting to make things when I went on holiday and I one year I decided I'm actually going to take some materials because this is ridiculous I'm always trying to do stuff and I've got nothing with me mm -hmm. so I bought some cheapo acrylic paints and took them on holiday yeah and I ended up making I didn't have any anything to paint onto but I found this amazing piece of driftwood that had washed up this is mm -hmm. on the Isles of Scilly and um the Isles of Scilly are about 20 miles off the coast of Cornwall, very close to where we go down in Newlyn. You yeah. get across there from Penzance um, on the helicopter, the plane, or take a boat. And there, it's this beautiful set of islands and very uh, quiet, natural place. Just a brilliant place to go if you ever get a chance to go. I don't know if you've already been, but, um, but really a, a lovely place. And so I found this, it, it, what's quite interesting about the Isles of Scilly is it's um, got an amazing, it's obviously got very important maritime history and lots of shipwrecks there because it's an archipelago of lots of islands. Yeah. So over the years, there many ships have been lost there. And um, as a result, quite amazing things sort of wash up on the beaches. I mean, you find amazing pieces of ceramic and glass that tell stories of, you know, hundreds of years ago. And uh, basically my... <laughs> My dad is an antique dealer, so I used to stay right. with him there. Uh, that was my sort of introduction to the Isles of Scilly. And he would tell us 
what these things were that we were finding. Oh, well, that was likely from a big platter and it would have been, it's about 200 years old and it would have come from Holland. So, yeah. you know, straight away, you've got this clue in your hand of something that someone used that ended up over the side of a boat somehow. Who knows how? Could have been a wreck, could have been someone a bit too drunk. <laughs> you just don't know, do you? Yeah. And then you've got this little piece of something, little, I, I find that fascinating. So, um, I anyway found this great big piece of wood it was a big timber and it must have come from a big thing it must have been from a ship mm. and it had obviously been tossed around in the sea for a long time because it had sort of sea bleached it'd gone kind of white yeah. and um, had this big rip in the one end of it where it clearly had been through some weather so I found it and I just thought this is awesome I'm going to paint something onto it so I got my paints out and I painted my first ever landscape painting and it was quite tentative. Now I look back at the pictures of it, but quite sort of ethereal, sort of emerging from this piece of wood. And I painted it so that the ripped end of the wood kind of, it was almost part of its story. You know, I painted the place that I found it basically. Yeah. Um, and that really started my journey in painting the landscape because whilst I was there, I, I posted it on Instagram. I didn't at the time have really any followers, but I must have tagged um, the Isles of Scilly, who, which their place has a, a real following of people that love it. Yeah, yeah. Someone saw it and wrote to me and said, I'd really love you to paint the commission. And I was like, first of all, absolutely thrilled because I was like, who, someone likes my work. I can't Yeah, yeah, it's that. a lovely I feeling, isn't it? I didn't think it was, would be any good. But then I was scared because I thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know what a commission is. What is what even is a commission and how do you price for it? How do you price for your time and your ideas and your knowledge of somewhere and the thing that you found that's so unique that you're never going to find that thing again? Like how do you price for that? So I, someone that I'd met whilst I was there on holiday said, why don't you drop into the gallery and see if they would be interested in helping you price a commission because they'll know what to do so I brazenly now I realize wrapped this thing I'd made by then three little paintings took them in in my bike basket wrapped up in tea towels and stuff and I rode it over to the gallery and I just went in and said oh hi um is it possible to see the gallery owner uh, a gallery director and the gallery director who is now who now represents me said, yeah. said well I don't really see walk-ins um <laughs> you know this is quite unusual you, would you like to come upstairs she unwrapped my stuff and she said well I think what you need to think about is whether you want to represent yourself and sell your own work and communicate with this person about a commission and you know negotiate prices etc or whether you'd prefer to be represented by the gallery who can do all that work for you obviously um and you share the share the, yeah. the fees yeah yeah and um and I and so I left there she took all three paintings she said I'd love to sell these and in fact within I think within the first 12 hours the the big piece had sold and I didn't know at the time to who but it ended up going to Tresco's collection so the family yeah. that looked after the island wanted it and they placed it in one of the newest builds there, a uh, waterside property called Lighthouse, which is a really big one. And yeah. it's hanging up in the sitting room. I saw it in the Tresco Times magazine. It's hanging there above the telly <laughs> on the back wall. And 
so it's lovely in a way it sort of ended up staying right there where I painted it and and since then I've been working working on seascapes um, mm. on found materials but also on other types of material board I work on birch with board I work on recycled papers and yeah um I mean just behind me I've got a piece which is made on um an old tea chest you know oh, nice. from it. so I'm sort of thinking about different types of material that I can use that will um tell us those stories of journeys by sea and yeah so yeah that's how I kind of accidentally got into painting seascape yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah so but moving to Devon has enabled me to kind of uh be life by the sea every day which has been really really helpful mm. so I mean your work has a sort of quite specific color palette I think I mean you've got sort of lots of blues and turquoise and things is that an aesthetic that's sort of inspired by the sea itself or is it there a sort of natural resonance to those things from you from elsewhere yeah I think they're colors that make me joyous when I go mm. to Cornwall it's a very different palette actually to South Devon and as soon as you see the light on the water and you get those amazing aqua and turquoise kind of colors coming through from the light yeah. of the sun through to this very pale sand the sand in Cornwall and on the Isles of Scilly is a mixture of shells and a, and a ground up stone that has yeah. got a sparkle, natural sparkle to it. So it's actually really very beautiful. Mm. And it just lifts my spirit as soon as I see it. It's like the colours somehow connect with my brain and make me feel yeah. happy. So I, when I left my work and I decided I wanted to build my a new job, a perfect job for me, mm. I wanted to build it around things that bring me joy and places yeah. that bring me joy. And I've ended up manifesting this amazing job which involves going to places that I love and beautiful natural places that don't have many people um sort of secret special places that people know some people know and some people don't yeah and I get to you know I get to work there I get to work meet people there make friends there I'm traveling tomorrow for example to the Isles of Scilly to right. take part in a festival which is being run by the Isles of Scilly Wildlife Trust. And yeah. I'm going to be teaching on the beach there. It's oh, nice. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of managed to, um, the palette, it, it comes from those places really. And yeah, yeah I, I like, I really like working with, I think I, I, my love of colour has come from many years of working in fashion and uh, trend. So yeah. I've got a kind of eye for things I think anyway, that look, that are lovely to look at. Uh, maybe I need to get a bit deeper with my work and think about more, um, you know, instead of thinking of in a product design capacity, thinking more about, um, I don't know, maybe more deeply about emotions and things like that. But the, for me, yeah. the one is joy. Yeah, well, I'm, I know exactly what you mean, because I have the same sort of thought process and the, I tend to paint things, um, landscapes mainly, and I'm often drawn to sort of rocky landscapes and particularly sort of prehistoric. Um, yeah, um, ancient stones. Exactly. Ancient stones, yeah. But I get drawn to those sort of things that inspire me in a positive way. And what I very rarely do when, when I'm painting is sort of 
what you were talking about earlier, try to access the sort of darker elements of the personality. Yeah, I, I shy away from that too. And I don't know, I think it's because I'm, my brain has been trained to produce products that will sell. That's what yeah. I've done in my job. So to make something that makes someone feel uncomfortable or makes me feel uncomfortable is kind of, in, in my mind, is counterintuitive because what, where, where will that thing go? Who will want it? Who will want to look at it? And it, it makes me feel I'm fearful that no one will want to look at it if it's not good looking and it doesn't have a, yeah. you know, a kind of aesthetic quality that makes it something somebody wants to hang on their wall. But of course, there's plenty of great dark work that people want to hang on their wall. And I, yeah. I feel that one of the one of the things I want to develop this year is a sort of is to detach myself from this feeling of judging my work by what other people think about it and whether somebody wants to buy it, because that's actually not me getting closer to my best work. So I'm part of doing this course at Newlin for me is to actually really focus on what what I what I like making, what's important to me. And I yeah. think if you get close to that, other people will get into it as well because, you know, and it, yeah, so it's, it's a self-consciousness, isn't it, about whether somebody likes your work and is that really what gives it value? I don't know. Yeah, but it, it's sort of finding an authenticity and, of course, there's no reason why you can't have both, have an authenticity that was also, um, if you like, commercially attractive i think people tend to sort of generate a stigma about that that somehow if you've got something that looks nice it's somehow not proper art there is certainly that mm. undercurrent isn't there in, in in people's criticisms and stuff yeah but, but of course what looks nice to one person yeah is not sitting for another person so yeah i'm 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 trying quite hard to sort of push what i'm doing um outside of my comfort zone I don't want to make the same thing every time. And so Newlin's been brilliant because it's already showing me new materials, new surfaces, new ways of approaching things. And I'm excited about where it's going to take my work in the next coming year. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be. And it's great to be there in that place, which I love. And it makes me feel inspired. And I love the sort of Newlin is a working fishing community. I love the, the the buzz of the place in the mornings, you know, when you get up yeah. early. It's already been going on for four hours, you know, the guys <laughs> working in it. It smells of fish and it smells of industry. And it's sort of I like that it's a real place. Yeah. You know, although you can see the the facade, the holiday facade in that area, you you can still very much sense that it's a real place. Yeah. I like that yeah okay um and so the type of materials you paint do you paint with oil or acrylic or whatever I've been painting with acrylic mainly because when I work outside it dries much faster so I can actually work quite I work in quite a pacey way and then by the time I've worked on a piece it's dry and ready to carry home and continue working on it back at the studio but I did I have got oils and I do occasionally dig them out I I like working in oil but it just takes so long to finish a piece and get it dry and everything I and also it's very fumey and I actually 
I kind of value fresh air <laughs> um, and I don't really enjoy the heavy fumes of working in oil. Um, mm. So I, I prefer to work in acrylic. It's just more convenient and it just serves my purpose perfectly well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do, I sometimes think oil has uh, a kind of somehow got this mystique and premium attached to it. And I'm not quite sure whether I can't achieve the same look and feel in acrylic really it's I guess it's about um yeah about stability and how long the paint lasts and how how many centuries that piece will stick around for and things like that so maybe that I do need to probably explore a bit more but I just I'm, I don't really enjoy the working in an environment which is full of fumes so I have kind of stayed away from it yeah um I find the smell quite nice, but I think one of the things that attracts me to oil, oil paints, and I said this before, is they feel very different to acrylics when you're applying them. They feel much sort of smoother. So, mm. um, yeah, I you can work longer and slower yeah. and more thoughtful. And so, yeah, perhaps I do need to explore that. Um, but given that I quite like to work in a pacey way, acrylic has worked really well for me. I, I think I just need to spend a bit longer, perhaps, and maybe it's something for me to do in the summer months when I can move the whole thing outside and and then I don't then I would the fumes side of things fumes wouldn't bother you yeah, yeah yeah I'm also working in a pretty tight space my studio is about three meters by four and so having paintings drying is actually a bit of a logistical issue no it can be a problem and and also the problem with oil paints is it makes a hell of a mess you just get it on you and then it gets everywhere yeah, it's everywhere I know I know I mean I get in a mess anyway with acrylics but yes you're right it's um it's a whole different level of mess <laughs> yeah and so i'm sort of interested do you find the sort of creative urge that drives you to um create your paintings does that come from the sort of same place that you used to access while you were a product designer or is or does it feel different at all I think it's this, I think it's just something I don't know whether other people say the same the same thing but do you think I'm just born that way I just I, I when I look back through photographs of me as a tiny little child like under two I'm drawing and making marks and making and build making things I remember yeah. like some of my earliest memories of making shoes out of paper and uh always had scissors and sellotape stuff in my bedroom it was like just my you know some people sing and hum all day long and some people you know everybody got some people like to move and and be active and it, they need it as kind of part of their day and that's just my natural state is making making things so yeah. I think I fell into a creative career because that's my natural predisposition um and and then I developed into marketing and writing as part of that as well and so I I ended up doing a, a mini MBA in marketing alongside my work in product design and yeah. I think writing and words and expression expressing myself in that way runs very similar to working in working with my hands working in color and um, working with material now as well um you know thinking about how things feel and how they look together and the kind of conversations you can have between different types of material that's all part of what made me interested in working in product design and now 
expressing myself through making paintings or if it's not painting I'm cooking or making something out of yep. textile you know I'm just a maker yeah 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 no yeah. It's, and it's nice when you're able to tap into that urge and make it part of your sort of core existence that's very satisfying yeah it is it feels nice and it's and it sort of runs into everything like my parenting style mm. and now when I work with people I I teach as well now um I yeah. work I'm a supplier to the National Trust so I do um courses little workshops with people at National Trust property here in Devon mm. and I find that you know because it's sort of just a natural part of who, what I do that's quite nice people like that it's it, it connects it's much easier to connect with other people and share your skills if that's your sort of natural it's just what you do you know yeah and so apart from the festival in um that you're going to after we finish talking this today, yeah <laughs> what, what have you got coming up that we should look out for well um I've got that trip to the Isles of Scilly this week and mm. then in a mu- about a month after that I'm going back because I've got an art residency program oh, lovely. Um, so I'll be doing a full week on Tresco which is where the gallery is that I'm connected to and that's really cool well basically my Instagram is a good place to be um, connected yeah. to if you're interested in my work because what I try to do is just daily I try to include my community of followers and whoever anyone that's interested in my art adventures and travels so I will be posting and going live whenever I can I go live and I talk to people as I'm working and I might make a painting live or I might just talk about what I've been doing or plans I've got and I try to sort of really integrate my social media work into my actual working day as an artist and um, that's really nice because it means I can have a conversation with real people about what I'm doing so going to Isles of Scilly this week and then again in December for a wild week of, of uh, work in the weather uh it's sort of slightly touch and go whether you're going to even get there because the the flights obviously are very weather yeah. dependent and um there have been times when I've been heading over there and and I've been told that the previous cohort of art residency artists just couldn't get there and after all the work to build up towards going, they've just got told, I'm sorry, you you can't get there. And it's just, so it's always slightly, I, I actually like the logistics of working on an island. It's very, yeah. it adds a sort of whole layer of adventure and excitement to my work. Like yeah. getting materials to an island is tricky. You know, everything has to go by water or air. And you, like tomorrow I'm flying by helicopter and I have, a very limited space you know travel baggage allowance and so I've had to really think and be resourceful about what I take Mm. plus when you get there you've got to get everything around on your back or on a bike so you've got to think like what do I really need what can I use that's gonna be portable and that I can work fast outside and you know so everything is a real logistics element to working over there which I actually I really really like it's kind of fun that sounds great well I mean thank you very much for talking to me um You're very welcome it's lovely to see you and I look yeah, forward well, to seeing you again in November <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to seeing you then well Ellie Varecchia um thank you very much you're more than welcome thanks Will so that was Ellie Varecchia showing that 
It is always worth just putting yourself out there. It's always worth just trying it. It's always worth being, as she says, a little bit cheeky because you never know the benefits that you might get. And of course, you have to do that, whether in art or in anything else. You have to put yourself out there. You have to do something that might be a bit embarrassing. You have to pluck up the courage to do your own equivalent of walking into the gallery and asking to see the owner because you never know what might come from there. And if you don't do that in some form, then you're going to struggle, I think. It's something I struggle with, to be honest, putting myself out there, um, this podcast accepted, but, you know, we all have things to work on. Anyway, if you want to see more of Ellie Varechia's work, you can check out her website, which is ellievarechia.co.uk. Ellie Varechia is all one word, and Varechia is V-E-R-R-E-C-C-H-I-A. And she's on Instagram at at ellievarechia. I'll put these links in the description of the podcast. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please like and subscribe and send a review and all of these things. And come back next week for more on the subject of the things that drive us. Goodbye.